Welcome to Darren Creating Refuge. This is episode 8. And in this episode, I would like to cover a bit of alternative or experimental therapy that I found very helpful in my journey of recovering living with complex post-traumatic stress disorder or CPTSD. Um, This is a milestone of an episode. Uh, Number eight is um, a lucky number for people of Chinese ancestry. Um, It is similar to the number seven in Western uh, belief systems. Number eight is... um, to me, like uh, the symbol of infinity, um, and it's also um, an in, um, a symbol of abundance. Um, two circles conjoined. So, in this episode, I am going to cover um, this very important um, practice. And, um, unbeknownst to me, before I, um, found this practice through alternative therapy, um, I was already doing this. Um, so, for most people who are living with trauma, um, they access, um, the creative part of their brain And sometimes this manifests in various art forms, such as music, uh, drawing, painting, sculpture, singing, uh, making, knitting, sewing, etc. And um, the reasoning behind this is it grounds the maker or artist. in that it um, becomes a meditative process. So, for example, um, those who may sew or knit um, the repetitive exercise of uh, knitting needles or sewing needles can be very relaxing um, and it temporarily... um, distracts the mind from the trauma space same goes with brush strokes um, journaling, writing typing, etc so it's very similar to exercise in that it um, helps one process um, and temporarily say um short circuits the brain um, from the trauma space so for myself um, after my traumatic accident in 2013 the end of 2013 um, 
I entered um, a experimental um, alternative therapy, which I had to sign a confidentiality waiver for. Um, so I happen to have access to a therapist who, um, was a friend of my spouse's friend and I paid out of pocket, um, for this therapy. Um, but I also signed a waiver of confidentiality and that I would not tell others, um, that was undergoing this therapy. So it was a combination of talk therapy, um, art therapy, um, and, uh, MDMA or, um, popularly known as ecstasy, um, or some some people call it Molly nowadays. Um, and I will cover that in another episode, but what I would like to cover in this one is particularly the art therapy portion of the alternative therapy. Um, so when I initially went for, um, the first initial sessions, I had a total of eight sessions and this was over um two points of trauma to be covered um we were discussing some creative things that I can do to help process my trauma and one of them was journaling and I am a very verbose person and I'm also a wordsmith but from being a former academic and also a creative writer and poet Um, and, um, although I am good with words on paper, I'm a little fatigued from that process from being an academic and, and, um, it was, um, mostly in part of not, um, finding a tender track job. Uh, despite getting a doctorate. Um, So that kind of reignited some trauma. And so my therapist suggested, well, what other creative things in addition can we do? Um, So she suggested that I have a journal uh, for um, writing. And then I said, well, can I do other things besides write in my journal? And she said, yeah, what are you thinking? And I'm like, well, I'm thinking about collaging. I really like collaging. And she's like, sure, go ahead and collage. Um, and so, um, what I did was like I did in the past. So what I do is I find found images from, from, um, magazines and whatever speaks to me I cut them out and then I put them in a pile and I start conjoining them the images that I cut out um and within that process um once I'm satisfied with the image before me that I have constructed 
I tape it down uh, with masking tape, with clear masking tape. And the process that I use is very unique in that most people use glue, whereas I choose tape. And I choose tape because it um, charges my collages with my fingerprints. Um, So thus it's kind of like a form of... um, what is called in uh, magic um, sigilization. Um, so this process of collaging is very magical and powerful. Um, and some of you may have encountered this um, referred to as vision boarding. So um, that's a new term for me in terms of collaging. Uh, so vision boarding, um, there are, um, art therapists out there that have these sessions and they do the same thing. They put a pile of magazines in the center of the room and everyone goes at it with scissors and cuts out what they want and they visualize what they want through their collage. So, um... So it's a magical process, and the way that I do it's a little unique with masking tape. If you would like to try it, go ahead, Um, and um, you'll find that um, what you collage sometimes brings up what has happened um, to you in the past, or it could be a visualization of your wants and desires of the future. Um... Or what's submerged beneath the surface in terms of desire um, uh, is revealed um, from the subconscious mind. So for me, uh, my initial collages were pretty intense. Um, They all surrounded the body and these were um, put into my, uh, my journal, my reflection journal. Uh, I had an image of a body and um, I like marked it up Um, and uh, I had an image of a hanging, the word suicide, and then these progressed into more intense images. Um, I found an image of a child on a... um, on one of these kind of walking leashes that some parents use. And then those were juxtaposed by these um, sexualized images of um, women who are wearing like bunny ears and they're in cages. And I didn't really know what to make of it. Um, And when... I shared these with my um, therapist. She's like, whoa, these are, these are pretty intense, you know. Um, this ideation of suicide. Also, um, this looks like childhood trauma, sexual re- abuse, and this is something that we're going to have to address in a future session. Um, however, uh, in that process... She said, I want you to keep collaging, but I want you to take it out of the journal and um, see what happens. 
And so what I did was I took these brown paper bags and I cut them so they expanded so I had more space to put my work upon. And um, the images that came out were... um, were reflective of femininity and this one um that really sticks out in my mind um really is really encapsulates the desire of healing um so I had this one of a lot of flowers and um images of women, beautiful women, um, and then in the center there is a um, Latino um, mechanic working underneath the hood of a car. Um, in the center of all this femininity, and so what she did. Um, what she asked of me was to bring all these collages that I made and the the former one that I just spoke of was just one of many. I made about probably eight of them. Um, when I do creative things, I tend to go in patterns of eight because of the luck. And uh, most of the other ones um, also had uh, uh, reoccurring themes of femininity. And... Um, When I was undergoing um, the MDMA therapy, ecstasy or molly therapy, um, around the tail end of the sessions, which would last a good six hours, um, so like from 9 a.m. to 3, um, we would discuss these collages like, hey, let's discuss your artwork and what what are some of the themes that are going on here etc um so with that one with the mechanic underneath the hood of the car she's she asked me to explain what was going on and um and what was revealed in terms of trauma was um I grew up in a very hyper-masculine household um, from the the overbearing influence of my father. And a lot of that has to do with his uh, upbringing and his work. Um, So my dad worked in a factory. Very masculine environment. Very dangerous. Um, He was lifting half-ton... Uh, iron uh, pieces of metal onto a lathe to make bottles. Um, He's a mold maker. Um, He came from a poor uh, farm in New Jersey, got into fights a lot, um, shot guns, uh, hunted for food, and transmitted a lot of that hyper-masculinity to me through films. And when I was young, a lot of um, my friends would re- recall how I loved to play war. 
and I always had the best guns, and I was obsessed with World War II, so I was pretty much inoculated with violence, a lot of violence, and I shared that to my therapist, and she said, well, what about this image of the guy underneath the hood, and I was just, um, well, that man working underneath the hood of the car is me, I'm, 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 fixing myself um I'm uh finding the equilibrium so to speak of my masculine and feminine sides and this harkened back to the previous collages that were in my journal that showcase like sexual and childhood abuse um and so a lot of my hypermasculinity was like a cover of being hurt. Um, and there's this, this phrase um, that is um, shared a lot within uh, trauma and healing circles of the wounded warrior or Chiron. Um, so the one who is wounded, who shares their wisdom to help others, um, or um, the wounded soldier um, who's out on the field, who plays the role of medic in helping and assisting others. Um, and I was caught in that lifestyle for a long time as being a ter- uh, caretaker for my grandparents and um, also in social justice circles just helping everyone but not really helping myself Um, being disposable, being dispensable Um, those of us who've been thrust into these situations by our own families um, really have to negotiate um, our needs um, and propelling oneself into quote-unquote self-care, which is um, a very controversial word um, for some recovering from trauma. Um, Sometimes it's seen as an act of privilege when really um, that's a hypercritical way of looking at it. Um, And uh, self-care takes many forms. It's not necessarily going to a pricey spa or um or yoga ashram or what have you it's generally just finding a space to take care of yourself be it through gardening through nature through exercise through the arts what have you um so it's it's quite helpful to to take that um, judgmental look of self-care out of the equation, that hypercritical approach. So, um, through collaging, um, revealing um, uncovered or buried, rather, um, trauma um another part of it is a healing um process or a visualization of desire 
So, um, as I shared in the past, um, collage, it was like this desire to, uh, negotiate my masculine and feminine selves to come to more of a equilibrium, a balance. And so I kept on collaging after, um, that initial, um, end of the sessions and, um, my collages still maintained a focus on femininity and through that um I started sculpting my body um so I was for years in this uh mode of self-hate in um particularly in my relationship with um alcohol um tobacco drugs um and that was mainly because of the people that I was associating with they were also in a similar space and some of them still are um and um I no longer associate with these people um I still have issues of being comfortable around people who are drinking uh makes me very on edge um but I see it as a challenge now. Um, so, um, with that, um, propelling myself into body sculpting via exercise and particularly bicycling, um, uh, had me take control of my body and my shape. Um, and so that was a way to to start balancing my masculine and feminine sides. Um, I became more... um, I started a process of becoming more gentle in my interactions, and this was mostly through um, my activities at the meditation center as well as my work at the time which was with high school youth um and then I started visualizing more so my last series of collages that I did a year ago were all visualizing um women and bicycles um and so it's still this theme of femininity um And I reached kind of like this zenith of um, what I felt was the prime of my body sculpting. Um, I had like a really defined torso as well as legs. Um, I'm constantly fluctuating because I have issues with food. Um, So I fluctuate from around a low of 165 um, to around 190, um, and, um, when I reached that zenith, I became, um, comfortable to the point of dancing, as I shared before, um, so I like go-go dancing non-stop, um, and from that, I gained interactions through people, admiration um so that reignited like sexuality um attractiveness 
being desired. However, um, it not manifesting in anything, um, just simply being desired and being feeling like I'm attractive, um, particularly in relationship to um, my uh, not feeling desired um, at home. Uh, and then after that, um, I soon, since I did visualize bicycles, I soon, um, got a job, um, in the bike industry in San Francisco as a bike tour guide. And this lasted for a good six months before the position was, uh, terminated, um, by the company. Um, so that was my uh, initial entree into employment and bicycle mechanics um, besides doing it independently um, for years. Um, and then it culminated in another bicycle job where I currently am. Um, and I've been there for um, almost two months. Um, and I haven't collaged, um, for over a year. Um, there is something about cycling that I love. Um, I love the speed. Um, it's like flying. There's, um, a feeling of freedom, so to speak. Um, and I'm wondering what my future visualizations of um, and images and combinations will bring in my future uh, collages. Um, and I'm getting an itch to do it. So the next time I see some uh, magazines, I'm probably going to pick some up. And I tend to go by my intuition and just as I do in my collages so I hope that this process of collaging has been helpful um, try it out uh, see what comes up for you um, if you are in a form of therapy um, and you find yourself a creative person, maybe suggest it as an approach. Um, just be cautious in terms of uncovering um, buried trauma. Um, it was a very intense period for me. Um, perhaps this is why I haven't collaged for over a year because it brought up some intense issues that I had to deal with in my day-to-day -day life. Um, and so what I visualized came true and it really spoke to me and, and I find it probably out of all of the therapeutic techniques that I have practiced the most effective um, and the most healing so that has um, really helped me in, in terms of my recovery. Um, so 
thank you for tuning in to Darren Creating Refuge um, episode 8 and thanks for listening